Hey everybody, welcome back to the Cross Stands as we walk through the Catechism of the Catholic Church and ask uh, what we believe. Uh, my name is Father Bryce. Uh, my name is Jennifer Ely. And today we're talking about the fall. Uh, last time we talked about uh, what is a human being and today we're talking about the fall of human beings so where uh, Adam and Eve, our first parents, fell into, into sin and what implications that has for us. So here's what happened. You remember the story. But let's recap right quick. So God created the whole world, the sun, moon, stars, and the mountains and the oceans, and, and the creepy things, and the crawly things, and the fish, and the birds, and all that stuff. And he said it was good. Every time God said it was good. And then God, he created man and woman in his image. He created them after his own likeness. He created them. And God said it was very good. So God creates human beings, man and woman, in his own image, after his own likeness, and it's very good, and things are going great, and until like the serpent enters the garden, or Satan, in the form of a serpent, enters the garden, and excuse me, and tempts Eve to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and Adam, he's right there with her, he doesn't do anything about it, and so uh, she gives the, fr the fruit to Adam, her husband, and he falls, and so uh, that, that's what happens. God said, don't eat. From the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam and Eve did eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They disobeyed God. That's the first sin. That's original sin. And since, since in Adam we we all have our generation, right? He's the he's the king of the world at that point until he cedes his dominion to Satan. And and in our first parents is is the first instance of human nature. So too that original sin uh, that is passed down from generation to generation. So Adam and Eve are expelled from the garden and it's not like Cain and Abel get to go back into the garden, but Adam and Eve, by saying no to God, they spurned his preternatural gifts. And so now we're in the state of, of suffering and of weakness and of and of temptation from the lust of the flesh and the um, lust of the eyes, from temptation from the and, and the pride of life, but temptation from the world and the flesh. And, and not just from the devil. So that's kind of where we are. Uh, that's what the fall is. And that's and where that's, we start. Yeah. And that's really important to understand. Um, the catechism tells us this, that we have to understand sin in the light of revelation. Because if we don't, then we kind of try to play it off as if it were some sort of developmental thing. Um, some sort of, uh, what is it, what it says, a psychological weakness or a mistake, or a necessary um, consequence of inadequate social structures. When in fact, no, there's something there. And St. Paul says um, in his in one of his letters, he says that there's you know there's no <laughs> there's no other explanation for why man. I mean, to you know, very simplified, Paul. I'm sorry, Paul, St. Paul. Um, but he says there's no other reason why man would make himself so miserable other than there being some state that he's born into that causes him um, to have this sort of concupiscence, which I think we're going to explain in a minute here, um, to have this sort of desire for evil things. Yeah, G.K. Chesterton says that, I think it's him, that uh, original sin is the clearest of Christian doctrines because we all experience it. We all, like St. Paul, do what we don't want to do and... We do what we don't want to do, and we do do what, what we 
or don't do what we do want to do. <laughs> we're a mess. And, and we, we do the wrong things, the things that are not good for us. And Paul says, how does he say it? He says, a wretched man that I am, but praise be to God for the grace given to me in, in Christ Jesus. Yet wretched man that I am, I do what I don't want to do and I, and, and I don't do what I should do, but praise God for, for Jesus Christ, who is our Redeemer. And it, it's okay to, um, to try to simplify Paul because Paul's hard to understand. Yeah. And, and I don't feel bad saying that because Peter says that in Second <laughs> Peter in the Bible. So Paul's hard to understand. If you have problems understanding Paul, well, that's why we're here <laughs> to talk about these things. And don't feel bad because the first pope said the same thing to all of us. Oh, good. I feel, I feel a lot better about myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we talk about that fall, when we talk about that state, it's a state that the catechism tells us is contracted and not committed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a sin that we commit as any other type of sin. It's, a, it's contracted. It's something that we're born into. It's a state and not an act. Sounds like a disease. Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah. <laughs> so in all, all the animals, right, look at animals, they, they, they die. They created, they died, and they and they die. Well, we were given the, this grace, this gift of like of um, in Adam and Eve preternatural life. Those of us who receive the grace of baptism receive supernatural life. So, um, it's not like um, it's not like Adam and Eve sinned, and then God said, um, oh, "Oh, to hell with the rest of humanity!" Right, literally. It's not that Adam and Eve sinned and God said to, to hell with the rest of humanity, but it's that Adam and Eve sinned, and by sinning, they spurned these gifts of God, the gift of friendship with God. Well, God didn't have to give us his friendship, but he chose to. And they said, no. God, they spurned the preternatural gifts, like like the um, the immortality or the thing approaching immortality that they were given, like the not having to suffer. All of these gifts that God gave... Have, they said no to that when they said yes to death. Remember, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When you do, you shall surely die. Or in Hebrew, uh, die the death or, or you shall die, die when you eat it. So they said no. And because they said no, it's kind of like um, as if, uh, I don't know, like your, your mom and your daddy had um, all kinds of money and all kinds of stuff, right? Boats and houses and cars and all these things. And, um, and they were going to give it to you, but... Instead, like a couple years before they died, they went to the casino and gambled it all away. Well, it's not that you're punished for what they lost, right? You, we, you and I, we still have the all of our faculties and the means to uh, to make enough uh, money to support ourselves and feed our families and all that. But our parents said no. They said I, I don't want all that stuff, or, or they made decisions, right, which precluded that. So that's that's uh, that might be a, a bit of a help as to understand how original sin is contracted or how or why it would be passed down in that way. Right, and and that um, <clears throat> that story that we hear of Adam and Eve eating from the tree of um, of good and, of knowledge of good and evil, um, what we're seeing in that, what we're seeing is not a God who is um, making up just pointless rules. It wasn't that he was just testing them to see, well, you can eat of any other tree and you just can't eat of this one to like sit in the bushes and wait and watch to, you know, point the finger at them when they when they fell, like expecting that they would. Um, There's there are certain things and the tree of knowledge of good and evil is 
representative of this. There are certain things that man cannot know be, just because we're limited. It's not a, a Gnosticism thing where it's, um, you know, there's this hidden knowledge that you're looking for. We're just not, <laughs> we think we are, but we're not as smart as God. There are certain things that we just will not understand ever. And that was what he was protecting them from in a way. He was protecting them from knowledge that was beyond them and from, like you were saying, from that suffering, which is beyond our understanding. I mean, now, because of the fall, we suffer all the time. And you can see that we still don't understand it. Um, some of the saints understood it, but we, we, really, we really don't. And that was one of the things that the Lord was trying to shield us from. Um, and we, we, we preferred ourselves, or rather, Adam and Eve preferred themselves to, um, to that dominion of God, which was not a big bully God um, dominating over them for no reason, but rather uh, there's, there's this analogy that someone said to me once, or, or that I read somewhere once, one of those two things, um, that when God tells us not to do something, it's as if it's a parent telling you, okay, Jennifer, don't eat dirt. You need to eat something that's healthy for you, that's going to build up your muscles and your bones. Uh, don't eat dirt. And it's as if I, when I sin, I go out and I say, well, I can eat dirt if I want. I want to eat dirt. And when you think about it like that, it sounds stupid and foolish, but that's that's our sin. That's our state of original sin. And that's our, our concupiscence uh, going forward from that point. You can eat dirt if you want. It's just going to kill you. Right. Eventually. I mean, not the first time. Yeah. But you just... So the, the, the dynamic is, is really between trust and distrust. Do we trust that God, our Almighty Father, actually cares for us? Do we trust that that he is our father and that he's like strong enough to actually take care of us that i think the most depressing line in the catechism is here in 397 um and it's it's one of my favorites not because it's depressing but because it speaks to this truth that man tempted by the devil let his trust in his creator die in his heart all subsequent sin so now we're talking about your sin and my sin, not that's contracted, but that's committed. Right? All the sins that we commit are disobedience towards God and lack of trust in his goodness. And so if it's difficult to imagine how Adam and Eve could be so stupid, well, we simply have to look for a second at our, at our own lack of trust. And yesterday I was freaking out about, um, about something going on at, at uh, that I didn't I didn't have a handle on and I didn't have like um, control over and like man everything's gonna fall apart and it's gonna be terrible was like what was playing in my mind and the, the then thanks be to God like I remembered wait a minute I'm not in charge he is wait a minute he's got this handled so either I'm gonna grasp like like Eve at the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil Either I'm going to grasp at like doing this all myself and taking it on me, or I'm going to trust God and let him handle the serpent. Either I'm going to be afraid, like Adam, more than likely, to stand up to 
the the wicked, dangerous, scary serpent, or I'm gonna trust that somehow God is gonna handle uh, whatever big scary thing is in front of me. So, kind of going off of that, what you're saying this this lack of trust in God, this this death of trust in the heart of Adam. We've been saying the word concupiscence a lot. So this uh, desire for sin, this desire to move away from that trustworthy God. Can you tell us about that? Can you can you break down? I know there's something called the triple concupiscence. Can you break that down for for us all? Yeah, concupiscence is simply the inclination to evil, the inclination to sin that we have. Um, some some at other times in the church called it the tinder for sin, like uh, like the tinder that you use to start a fire and. Uh, all um, temptation to sin comes from three places, or one of three places. Um, St. John calls it in one of his letters, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and uh, the pride of life. Um, Eve, when she saw the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Genesis says she saw that it was good for, a delight, good for food, a delight to the eyes, and desirable to make one wise. Lust of the flesh, bodily pleasures, Lust of the eyes, like greed or desire for things um, that, that are unnecessary, perhaps, or even bad. Um, and pride of life, whereby we, I want to be wise. I want to be best. That's the temptation that Satan gives, right? You will be like God, knowing, knowing good from evil. So those are the those are the triple concupiscences. And so if we want to like live in freedom... If we want to live in trust, we fight against those. The lust of the flesh. We fast. Right? We, we deny ourselves of bodily pleasures. We, by fasting is a, is a quite excellent one. Um, the lust of the eyes. We give our stuff away. Especially if you live in America, you're rich. Um, and so you can... There are things to give to give away, and there are things that we don't need. We can give them away and uh, perhaps assist others in that regard. And the pride of life, we've got to pray. We've got to pray. Why? Because when I get on my knees, I'm recognizing that I am not all wise. I am not in charge, but there's somebody else who's bigger, who's higher, Who's greater than me? So Jesus actually gives us the uh, the solution to well. Jesus is the solution, and Jesus gives us aids in fighting the triple lust in the Sermon on the Mount. And I think it's the first part of Matthew chapter six, uh, where he says to pray that counters the pride of life, to fast that counters the lust of the flesh, and to give alms to give to the poor, which counters the lust the lust of the eyes. And so. It's Speaking of Jesus, Jesus really is the answer to uh, to original sin. Yeah, absolutely. The the Redeemer who comes and is the new Adam is is the Adam that Adam should have been. <laughs> this um, you know man who is completely trusting in God, who is in the hands of divine providence, and who can offer himself fully as a gift to God. And we see that very clearly in the person of the son, like we talked about when we talked about the Trinity. Um, 
we see that in his disposition, but he also made himself in the incarnation fully man. So that because, and the way that uh, it's been described to me before is we needed a man to save humanity. And so because it's only one of those who can speak the language, can be on the same level as others, and yet is also separate from them, that can bring newness, that can bring new life. Um, but it's, it's really beautiful to hear the work of Christ overturning the work of Adam in the Exultate at Easter. And this beautiful, um, there's one really beautiful paragraph in, in this chanted piece that we hear at the Easter Vigil. If you ever go to the Easter Vigil Mass, uh, I, I hope you hear this. It's one of the most beautiful and one of the oldest pieces of music, of prayer that we have as a church um, that we use regularly every single year. And it, it says to us, um, A wonder of your humble care for us. O love, O charity beyond all telling, to ransom a slave you gave away your son. O truly necessary sin of Adam, destroyed completely by the death of Christ. O happy fault that earned so great, so glorious a redeemer. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite lines. Um, so Father, tell us, what are we saying there with O happy fault, O truly necessary sin of Adam? Thank if we trust God, then we can see that out of every evil, God brings a greater good. Why does God allow evil in the world? Because he brings greater good out of it. Do we always see it? No, because we're too small. Can we always see it? No, like God's, God's bigger than us. But we can say, oh, happy fault, oh, necessary sin, because without the sin, we don't have the Redeemer. Jesus is the new Adam, the Adam that should have been, and the Adam that Adam couldn't be, because he was not also God. And so we have God who becomes man, like, as a, as a, something of a result of the sin. And that is the beauty of Christianity. That's how Christianity is an answer to any kind of suffering, any kind of evil, because God always brings the good out of it. So when when I commit evil and then repent, go to confession, receive God's mercy, I can say, oh, happy fault, God is going to bring something better, even though I did it. St. Paul says where sin increases, grace increases all the more. Not that we should sin so there's more grace. It doesn't work <laughs> that way. But God does. God allows this so that greater things. God, God allowed himself to be killed so that he would defeat death, destroy death, defeat the devil, and rise from the dead on the third day. So if original sin is hard, because it is, if personal sin is hard, because it is, if seeing suffering in the world is hard, because it is, remember that, that God did it. God doesn't leave us to do it, but God did it himself. So, oh, happy fault. Oh, necessary sin of Adam which gained for us to a greater redeemer. Oh, happy fault. Oh, how wonderful it is that even though we sin and are born into this valley of tears, that God brings us to grace and to joy. And so long as we receive the grace of baptism and persevere all the way to heaven. 
All right, well, thanks for joining us today as we spoke of the fall of man. Uh, remember to like and to follow and all those things. Um, if the podcast is helpful to you, let us know and share it with others. And we'll see you next time. God bless you.